0: Have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. And we are glad you're with us tonight. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live program. Here in the middle of the week, we have our midweek time at our little church. And we had our Thanksgiving celebration this evening. Everybody got a little potluck together. You know how these little church things go. And what a wonderful time. Oh, I'll tell you what, the little ladies of our church can cook. We've got one of the men in the congregation that loves to bake pies Oh, my lands! He puts together the best. Bring us a piece. Yeah, right. right. Either bring us a piece or don't talk about it, one or the other. Well, I'll quit talking about it, but I hope you have a congregation, a church family that you can really contribute to their lives by giving a part of your life to them as you open your heart and your life and your experiences. And letting them, of course, from their life experiences and with God, pour some of their enthusiasm, some of the lessons they've learned from the Lord, into your heart as well. There is a great blessing in community. Many times every year, as a pastor of even a small congregation like ours, and you can ask your pastor, he probably goes through somewhat the same experiences, People call up just out of the blue, not knowing you or anything and say, look, I've got problems. I can't pay my electric bill or I need food or problems of this nature or transportation. Do you have a church family? How about your biological family? It is alarming to me in our American society how many people are entirely cut off from any kind of support like family or like a church families are so fractured uh, often and people don't get into a church family or a congregation they don't attend and so when disaster hits they're stuck just having to call up people they don't even know they have no relationships whatsoever i always encourage them don't cut yourself off from society don't cut yourself off from the community find a little congregation find a group of people you can help and contribute into their life and that when the time comes you may need a little assistance someone to help you with one thing or another Then you have some people that know you and trust you. You can know that they'll be glad and ready to help you as well. It is so fundamental and so important. Well, we'll get to our reading from the book of Genesis tonight, but right now we're going to go to our wisdom and worship segment, always beginning with a reading from the Psalms or the Proverbs to get our evening started together. Let's go now to Psalm 13 on the Bible Life. Psalm 13. Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the light to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. End of reading, Psalm 13. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship him now Great. How awesome is he? You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollars is is the Lord is with Beautiful song Holy is the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bible Live program. Your opportunity to listen to the Bible itself, the book of books, all the way through every year. We have just begun earlier this month our journey through the Bible, and we are still in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, but we will be finishing up the book of Genesis tomorrow night, actually. Tonight we're going to read chapters 43 through 46. As we read about these different events and these different people, we see the God of the universe interacting with people. Sometimes it's an individual, sometimes it's a family group, sometimes it's whole nations. We get a chance to see God acting and speaking in real time. From the things that we see and hear, we can learn about God and His ways. One of the things we've seen clearly, I like the phrase, the way up is down. In other words, to be brought up, we must be humbled. Let's go back now to the Genesis book of Genesis 43.1-46.27, Genesis 43. But there was no relief from the terrible famine throughout the land. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his son, Go again and buy us a little food. But Judah said the man wasn't joking when he warned that we couldn't see him again unless Benjamin came along. If you let him come with us, we will go down and buy some food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we may as well stay at home. Remember that the man said, You won't be allowed to come and see me unless your brother is with you. Why did you ever tell him you had another brother, Jacob Lowell? Why did you have to treat me with such cruelty? But the man specifically asked us about our family, they replied. He wanted to know whether our father was still living, and he asked us if we had another brother, so we told him. How could we have known he would say, Bring me your brother? Judas said to his father, Send the boy with me, and we will be on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. If I don't bring him back to you, then let me bear the blame forever. For we could have gone and returned twice by this time if you had let him come without delay. So their father Jacob finally said to them, If it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Fill your bags with the best products of the land. Take them to the man as gifts. "'Balm, honey, spices, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. "'Take double the money that you found in your sacks, "'as it was probably someone's mistake. "'Then take your brother and go back to the man. "'May God Almighty give you mercy as you go before the man, "'that he might release Simeon and return Benjamin. "'And if I must bear the anguish of their deaths, then so be it.' "'So they took Benjamin and the gifts and doubled the money "'and hurried to Egypt where they presented themselves to Joseph.' When Joseph saw that Benjamin was with them, he said to the manager of his household, These men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside and prepare a big feast. So the man did as he was told and took them to Joseph's palace. They were badly frightened when they saw where they were being taken. It's because of the money returned to us in our sacks, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us as slaves and take our donkeys. As the brothers arrived at the entrance to the palace, they went over to the man in charge of Joseph's household. They said to him, Sir, after our first trip to Egypt to buy food, as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. The money we had used to pay for the grain was there in our sacks. Here it is. We have brought it back again. We also have additional money to buy more grain. We have no idea how the money got into our sacks relax don't worry about it the household manager told them your god the god of your ancestors must have put it there we collected your money all right then he released simeon and brought him out to them the brothers were then led into the palace and given water to wash their feet and food for their donkeys they were told they would be eating there so they prepared their gifts for joseph's arrival at noon when joseph came they gave him their gifts and bowed low before him He asked them how they had been getting along, and then he said, How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied, He is alive and well. Then they bowed again before him. Looking at his brother, Benjamin, Joseph asked, Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph made a hasty exit, because he was overcome with emotion for his brother and wanted to cry. Going into his private room, he wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, keeping himself under control. Bring on the food, he ordered. Joseph ate by himself, and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement he seated them in the order of their ages from the oldest to the youngest. Their food was served to them from Joseph's own table. He gave the largest serving to Benjamin five times as much as to any of the others. So they all feasted and drank freely with him. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Genesis 44. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to the man in charge of his household. Fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry, and put each man's money back into his sack. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack along with his grain money. So the household manager did as he was told. The brothers were up at dawn, and set out on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they were barely out of the city, Joseph said to his household manager, Chase after them and stop them. Ask them, Why have you repaid an act of kindness with such evil? What do you mean by stealing my master's personal silver drinking cup, which he uses to predict the future? What a wicked thing you have done! So the man caught up with them and spoke to them in the way he had been instructed. "'What are you talking about?' the brothers responded. "'What kind of people do you think we are, that you accuse us of such a terrible thing? "'Didn't we bring back the money we found in our sacks? "'Why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? "'If you find his cup with any of us, let that one die, "'and all the rest of us will be your master's slaves forever.' Fair enough, the man replied, except that only the one who stole it will be a slave. The rest of you may go free. They quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. Joseph's servant began searching the oldest brother's sack, going on down the line to the youngest. The cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothing in despair, loaded the donkeys again, and returned to the city. Joseph was still at home when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. What were you trying to do, Joseph demanded? Didn't you know that a man such as I would know who stole it? And Judas said, "Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we plead? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, we and our brother who had your cup in his sack. No, Joseph said, Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go home to your father. Then Judah stepped forward and said, My Lord, let me say just this one word to you. Be patient with me for a moment, for I know you could have me killed in an instant, as though you were Pharaoh himself. You asked us, my Lord, if we had a father or a brother. We said, Yes, we have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, his youngest son. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, Bring him here so I can see him. But we said to you, My lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, You may not see me again unless your youngest brother is with you. So we returned to our father and told him what you had said. And when he said, Go back again and buy us a little food, we replied, We can't unless you let our youngest brother go with us. We won't be allowed to see the man in charge of the grain unless our youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, You know that my wife had two sons, and that one of them went away and never returned, doubtless torn to pieces by some wild animal. I have never seen him since. If you take away his brother from me too, and any harm comes to him, you would bring my gray head down to the grave in deep sorrow. And now, my Lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. When he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We will be responsible for bringing his gray head down to the grave in sorrow. My Lord, I made a pledge to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. Please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I cannot bear to see what this would do to him. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Genesis 45 Joseph could stand it no longer. Out, all of you! he cried out to his attendants. He wanted to be alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept aloud. His sobs could be heard throughout the palace and the news was quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Come over here, he said. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't be angry with yourselves that you did this to me, for God did it. He sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. These two years of famine will grow to seven, during which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God has sent me here to keep you and your families alive, so that you will become a great nation. Yes, it was God who sent me here, not you, and he has made me a counselor to Pharaoh, manager of his entire household and ruler over all Egypt hurry return to my father and tell him this is what your son joseph says god has made me master over all the land of egypt come down to me right away you will live in the land of goshen so you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren your flocks and herds and all that you have i will take care of you there for there are still five years of famine ahead of us otherwise you and your household will come to utter poverty Then Joseph said, You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Tell my father how I am honored here in Egypt. Tell him about everything you have seen, and bring him to me quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin also began to weep. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them, and then they began talking freely with him. The news soon reached Pharaoh. Joseph's brothers have come. Pharaoh was very happy to hear this, and so were his officials. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers to load their pack animals and return quickly to their homes in Canaan. Tell them to bring your father and all of their families and to come here to Egypt to live. Tell them Pharaoh will assign to you the very best territory in the land of Egypt. You will live off the fat of the land. And tell your brothers to take wagons from Egypt, to carry their wives and little ones, and to bring your father here. Don't worry about your belongings, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph gave them wagons, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he supplied them with provisions for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. But to Benjamin he gave five changes of clothes, and three hundred pieces of silver, He sent his father ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten donkeys loaded with grain and all kinds of other food to be eaten on his journey. So he sent his brothers off, and as they left, he called after them, Don't quarrel along the way! And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is still alive, they told him, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they had given him Joseph's messages, and when he saw the wagons loaded with the food sent by Joseph, his spirit revived. Then Jacob said, It must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I will go and see him before I die. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Genesis 46 So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. And when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the voice said, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will see to it that you become a great nation there. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring your descendants back again. But you will die in Egypt with Joseph at your side. So Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons brought him to Egypt. They carried their little ones and wives in the wagons Pharaoh had provided for them. They brought their livestock, too, and all the belongings they had acquired in the land of Canaan. Jacob and his entire family arrived in Egypt. Sons and daughters, grandsons and granddaughters, all his descendants. These are the names of the Israelites, the descendants of Jacob, who went with him to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's oldest son. The sons of Reuben were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, Zohar, and Shaul. Shaul's mother was a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Er, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamuel. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to Leah in Padanaram, along with their sister Dinah. In all, Jacob's descendants through Leah numbered 33. The sons of Gad were Zephon, Haggai, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, and Areli. The sons of Asher were Imnah, Ishva, Ishvi, and Beriah. Their sister was named Serah. Beriah's sons were Heber and Malkiel. These sixteen were descendants of Jacob through Zilpah, the servant given to Leah by her father Laban. The sons of Jacob's wife Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. Joseph's sons, born in the land of Egypt, were Manasseh and Ephraim. Their mother was Asanath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of Heliopolis. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Beker, Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. These fourteen were the descendants of Jacob and his wife Rachel. The son of Dan was Hushim. The sons of Naphtali were Jazil, Guni, Jazer, and Shilem. These seven were the descendants of Jacob through Bilhah, the servant given to Rachel by her father Laban. So the total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt, not counting his son's wives, was sixty-six. Joseph also had two sons who had been born in Egypt, so altogether there were 70 members of Jacob's family in the land of Egypt. End of reading, Genesis 43-1 through forty six twenty seven. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Saul here, the final chapter in the life that was Joseph. He has two sons now by his Egyptian wife, and the other brothers are bringing their families down. As we read tonight, the clan now has grown to 70 people. We saw tonight very dramatically a change in the life of Judah. When Judah was younger, he showed no regard whatsoever for his brother Joseph or for his father, for that matter, for Jacob, First, he convinced his brothers to sell Joseph as a slave. They were actually going to kill him. And Judah stepped up and led the brothers, instead of killing him, to sell him as a slave to the slave traders that were coming through. Then he joined with his brothers in lying to Jacob, to their father, about Joseph's fate. But what a tremendous change had taken place over these years now with Judah. The man who had sold one favored little brother into slavery now was willing to become a slave himself to save another favorite little brother, Benjamin, before this Egyptian ruler that they did not recognize as being that older brother, Joseph. He was so concerned for his father and for his younger brother that he was willing actually to die for them. That is an amazing change in Judah. And one of the characteristics that we see in Judah is that when he made a mistake, he learned to step up and admit his mistake and take his punishment. That's a wonderful trait that he passed on now to his descendant David, King David, many, many years later in the household of Judah. So this is a trait at least that maybe made it into the family, this willingness to admit a mistake. Another thing we learn, of course, is that when we're ready to give up hope on ourself or, worse, even someone else, remember that God can work a complete change in our lives, even in the most selfish personality, even the most selfish or sinful traits. God can change us, and He will. That's His desire as we place our lives in His hands and trust Him to do so. The life of Judah is a wonderful testimony. I wonder what was going on in Joseph's mind in his life as he saw all of this. The brothers returning to Egypt... The famine that continued, Judah convinced Jacob to let Benjamin go with them. Joseph may have been playing a little bit of cat and mouse. The astounding thing is that Joseph was willing to say, God sent me here, not you. He was willing to forgive these brothers who actually were going to kill him and then sold him into slavery. And you know all of the problems that Joseph went through as he went down into Egypt as a slave. Then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, put into prison. He was forgotten by the cupbearer once he had been reestablished in his place. Only when he was able to interpret these dreams for the Pharaoh, God exalted him. It, of course, highlights one of the great lessons about God's ways the way up is down. To be exalted in God's economy is first to be humble. To be broken, God delights in the humble and the broken, and he resists the proud and the arrogant. One of the most common lessons of the entire scriptures, God is bringing us to a point of brokenness and humility, and only then are we ready to be leaders, to be exalted. That is a good place to end our reading tonight with this review of the children of Jacob, his 12 sons, his daughter Dinah, and in all of their grandchildren, all of their children, these 70 or so who go down into Egypt. The story of Joseph is one of the most remarkable series of events that God uses this man to work out the salvation of this small little group of people that would become the nation of Israel. Way back in Genesis chapter 15, God said to Abraham, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for four hundred years. But I will punish that nation that enslaves them, and in the end they will come away with great wealth. God is so true to his word, always keeping his promise. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollars. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars.